I'm so honored to be here with you this morning to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I, it's always a privilege to be with your pastor, who he made mention that I was beginning in ministry, and he hired me at the Chickasaw Church of God in Mobile, and uh, we've had a great friendship ever since. Uh, I learned a lot of things from him. Uh, sometimes I still say things that I hear he, that he says. I've heard him say, I've got the devil on one side and my mother-in-law on the other. <laughs> Which, that's not true because Sister Fincher is a wonderful woman. We were walking in and, and, and Brother Jerry said, you know, don't worry. They'll scare you to death, you know, about getting here on time. I said, Jerry, I pastor, don't worry. We start at 10.30, and I tell my church, we are the fastest-growing church in Savannah, Georgia, from 10.30 to 10.45. That's when my people finally show up. Some of y'all catch on. But like I said, it is, it is a privilege to be here just to worship with you guys and Brother Don and always my dad, my mom, uh, my sister and brother-in-law and my son is here. So I, it just... To get to come home and be with mom and dad and family and brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. Would you just give Jesus a hand clap of praise? We're family. It's a privilege. It's an honor to come and worship. A lot of people around the world, they still don't have this privilege. We do, and we take it for granted. This morning we can come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We can be thankful unto him and we can bless his name. If you were uh, a student of communication, if you went to school or if you just studied or got a doctorate in communication, the quintessential uh, essence of, of communication is this. The right message to the right people, in the right way, at the right time. The right message to the right people, the right way, the right time. Now, if you take one of these components out, things can go south really quickly. How many of you know that almost just the right email address is not right? It can be really close. It can be real close. But if you leave one dash, one symbol, one letter, one number out, it's going to go somewhere else. I'm reminded of a couple who lived in Detroit, and they were going to take a trip down to the Florida Keys. And um, just before the day they were going to leave, the, the lady, she worked at this high-powered uh, attorney's office. They found that they had a, a very important meeting, and, and she told her husband, she said, I'm going to be delayed, but we've already got our plane tickets. We've got our reservations down at the Florida Keys at the Fountain Blue. You go on down, get everything ready. I'll come the next day. Reluctantly, her husband said, okay, I'll do it. So he goes on down. He gets there. He checks in. After checking in, he goes over to the business office, and there, there's a fax machine and some uh, computers, and he says, you know, I'm going to email my wife. And he sits down, and he begins to email, and he's trying to remember the correct email address at work. 
But he left a certain number out. So instead of the email going to his wife, it went to a little widowed woman whose husband was a Pentecostal preacher who they had buried that morning. That afternoon, the lady she's walking through, she sees that she's got mail. She opens up this little widow woman and she begins to read. After a few minutes, her children in the kitchen, they hear a scream and a thud and they come in and mama has passed out by the computer. And they begin to read the message and the message said this. Hey honey, I just got checked in. I sure do miss you awaiting your arrival tomorrow. P.S. It sure is hot down here. So you want to have the right message at the right place to the right people at the right time. Amen? Brother Don, can I get a bottle of water or a Coke or a bag of chips or anybody got a sandwich? I had a bunch of notes and my mom said, my God, son, are you going to preach all that? I said, you better have a snicker bar. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes on in the course of time. In the course of time. I probably told you this before, but it's true. I have four closings in my message. So if I say I'm closing, don't get excited. Most preachers, when they say they're closing, they're, they're lying. And the only reason we say that we're closing is simply to give you hope. So just bear with me, okay? I'm, I, I am not a lengthy preacher, and I know you said you're a liar, but no, I'm going to keep my word. In the course of time, you see, so often we look at time as a foe instead of a friend. But I am amazed at what God can do in the course of time. God can birth things in us. Thank you, Brother Don. If we will just allow God to do his plan in our life and do what he wants us to do. God can do amazing things, amen? amen. I'm reminded in Psalm 31, 14, and 15. But I trust in you, Lord, and I say, you are my God. My times, my times, say it with me, my times. Okay, let's say it like you're awake. My times are in your hands. Say it again, my times are in your hands. My time is in his hands. Your time is in his hands. And a lady by the name of Hannah, her time was in his hands. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2. Now I know if we just start right here and you don't know much about the Bible, this may confuse you, but we'll talk about that. Your pastor, will, he's a great Bible teacher. He'll explain it about a man having many wives. Because he had two wives, and one he called Hannah, and the other one named Peninnah. Her mother must not have liked her. <laughs> Come here, Peninnah. <laughs> I'd rather be called Hagatha, I believe. And if your name is Peninnah or Hagatha, I was just teasing. That's a beautiful name. 
Sometimes we forget sometimes. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up to, from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came that Elkanah came to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Peninnah, and to her sons and to her daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion. Now, a lot of people, there's great material, a double for your trouble, but we're not going there today. But there's a lot of good stuff there. He gave her a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival, somebody shout rival. Her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. Now notice, Peninnah was not just doing this every once in a while. The next scripture says, this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, when she went up to the house of God, her rival provoked her until she wept and would not eat. Her husband said unto her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why aren't you eating and drinking in Shiloh? And Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting in the chair at the doorpost of the house of the Lord. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli, Eli thought, she was drunk, and he said, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. Has anybody ever been there? What about you men? You know, sometimes men just don't need to, we just don't get it. And ladies, I'm going to give you a chance to just praise God here in a minute. Her husband said, Honey, Am I not worth 10 children? He should have just shut up. Because I, I, as a boy, I'd go in the house and I'd say, Hey, Dad, what's going on? He'd look at me and say, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. What's wrong? What's, what's wrong with Mama? Mm-mm-mm. Just mm-mm, no, 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 no. Sometimes, men, you just need to shut up. Women? That's right, amen. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, that's good preaching. (laughs) That was a woman, by the way, of course. She said, I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here in great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, go in peace and may God, the God of Israel, grant you what you've asked. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downtrodden, downcast. What do you do in the course of time? Number one, if we notice what Hannah did, the Bible tells us that she continued to go to the house of God 
year after year and she worshiped. Don't lose your worship in the midst of your wait. Don't lose your walk with God in the midst of waiting. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall what? Renew their strength. Don't lose your worship. The Bible said that she went day or, 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 or often, all the time. Verse 3, year after year, they were brought to the house of God. And instead of being concerned about her rival, instead of not having children, instead of not just giving up, and sometimes we just want to throw our hands up and say, forget about it. It's just not working, but I've got news for you. God's word says there's going to be times when you're going to go through darkness and valleys and trials. And Paul said you must endure hardness as a good soldier. There's a lot of preaching that hey, says, hey, when you find Christ, everything's going to be rainbows and Keebler elves and, and Willy Wonka. It doesn't work that way. There's going to be difficulty at times. There's going to be trials at times. But we have a God who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in the midst of what you go through, if you don't quit worshiping, if you don't stop worshiping me, in the midst of your wait, something is hard to wait. But I'm reminded about what David said in Psalm 34 and 1. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be upon my lips. I will bless the Lord. Would somebody just begin to bless the Lord? Come on, somebody bless the Lord. Come on, somebody bless the Lord at all times. His praise will... I'm in a valley. Praise Him. I'm going through some stuff. Praise Him. My heart has been broken. Praise Him. You don't know what I faced. Praise Him. You don't know. I've got the devil on one side and another devil on the other side. What do you do? You keep on. She kept praising him in the midst of her weight. The next thing that we can do in the course of time, allow what provokes you the most, allow what provokes you the most to position you the most in God's presence. What does that mean? Verse 6. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her. In order to irritate her, this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and would not eat. She kept provoking her. Uh, say, say uh, uh, Hannah, what are your children going to get our, our husband for fathers, oh, I'm sorry, you, you don't have children, that's right. Hey, uh, what are your children, oh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot, you don't have kids. She did this to irritate her. I remember growing up, it was a different world when some of us grew up. And we'd go on a trip sometimes. And I would get in the back seat with my sister who was here, and yesterday we celebrated her 80th birthday. I'm sorry, that's not right. That's so wrong. But I'm younger. And younger brothers, we would 
aggravate and irritate, and some of y'all are going to be able to relate to this. But we'd go somewhere, and my sister would say, all right, this is my half of the back seat. Anybody? And this is your half. Don't you cross that imaginary line. And after we played I Spy and we read every billboard from here to somewhere down in Florida or the Smoky Mountains, I would start my own game. It was called Don't Touch Me. I hadn't always been sanctified. And I would begin to poke my sister. I'd poke her. And I'd poke her. And my job was to get her to finally say, don't touch me. Is that right? Can I get an amen from my sister on the back row? That's where a lot of the sinners are back there, my mama. Amen. Just on that side, nobody else. <laughs> and I would poke her, and I would aggravate her until I got her to say, Daddy, he's touching me. Oh, it's all right, leave him alone. And I'd keep poking her. Don't you poke, where are you going to go? We're in the backseat of a car. And I'd keep poking her. Daddy, he's poking me. And parents back those days had a, they were talented and gifted. And dad would be driving with one hand and that, all right, that's enough. And that, you know how that hand starts slapping children. In the, you'd be innocent. You'd get cold cocked. We're trying to get somewhere. God wants to do something. He may look small and, you know, walking up here like, you know, growing up, uh-uh, No. Not even know today. The enemy does the same thing. He pokes us. He pokes us and he jabs us. He irritates us and he keeps poking and poking. Why are you going to church? There's no need in it. You went last Sunday. What happened? What, what the Sunday, Wednesday? You, you, you've been praying and praying and nothing's happened. And you still have problems. You still have struggles. You're, you're facing financial difficulty. Everything's going wrong and he just keeps poking you and irritating you. Why should I go to church? Why do you keep paying your tithes? He just keeps poking and poking and poking and poking. You see, he's trying to stir you up. But you must come to a place when you say, no more. Daddy. Daddy. Daddy, I'm tired of getting poked. So instead of him poking me, Holy Spirit, you touch me. The Bible says that Eli was at the doorpost and he's watching all of this. What, drove, what was irritating her the most had driven her to the house of God. She was at the house of God and even though she was laughing at her and irritating her and poking her and prodding her and, 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 and basically saying, hey, I have children and you don't. The devil will say, why get up and go? You know it's race weekend. Why get up and go? You know you can stay home and watch TBN, Inspiration, Daystar, any other, you, you, uh, Jimmy Swaggart, whatever, Sunshine Station, I don't know what it is right here. Why even go when he just pokes you and pokes you? The Bible said that she came year after year, week after, she came to the house of God and she poured her soul out because those things that were bothering her, even though she was barren, even though she had no children, even though she was in great agony and sorrow and anguish, 
She didn't stop. You've got to get to the place, Daddy, make him quit. You're a child of the king. He's given you authority. You've got authority in Jesus' name. Devil, I told you, don't poke me again. Don't poke the bear anymore. Don't touch me. My sister would say, don't touch me. Devil, don't touch me again. And if you do so, help me, I'm going to slap you so ugly your mama won't know you. You're not going to push me around anymore. Even though it's not going the way I want it to. Even though circumstances are not what I want and they may not be ideal, yet will I praise you, oh God. We are definitely moving forward, amen. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. The Apostle Paul, he was irritated. A thorn in his side and three times God helped me, deliver me. And God says, my grace is sufficient. Another thing you can do, and I'm just about done. Make sure your soul sips, drinks from the right cup. Here's Eli sitting at the post the gateway and he's watching this woman and the Bible said that she was praying in anguish her lips are moving but no sound is coming out she's praying quietly well he looks at her and he said this woman must be drunk there it is how long are you going to stay drunk put away your wine Wait a minute. Mr. High Priest, you don't understand. You don't get it. I haven't been drinking. I haven't been drinking. I'm not intoxicated uh, externally, and I don't have a bad spirit or a critical spirit internally. Now that dog will hunt right there. You better make sure you're drinking from the right cup. You don't understand, Eli. You don't know what I've gone through. I'm not intoxicated. She said, I am a woman that's in anguish, and I'm pouring my heart out to God. You see, it, it's so easy to just start being critical. It's so easy to start drinking from what when your flesh begins to hurt, when you begin to hurt spiritually, men, mentally, psychologically, immediately you want to lash out. Everybody's wrong. The church is wrong. The pastor's wrong. God's wrong. The husband's wrong. The dog's wrong. The, the, everything's wrong. Could I get an amen or a whoop whoop or something? It's easy to begin to drink from a cup of bitterness. It's easy to get mad when the church has hurt me. I've never met anybody in Christendom that's never been hurt in church. Everybody's been hurt. Everybody gets hurt. And we get our feelings hurt, but nobody called me. I've had people to call me and say, Pastor, why didn't you come and see me? They almost put me in intensive care. Almost. And I said, I would have been glad to see you, but nobody even let me know you were in the hospital. Why didn't you tell somebody? 
Well, don't you have ESPN? Uh-huh, and ESPN too. And ES, I don't, I don't have ESP. They just expect ministry to have discernment. Oh, Pastor, if, if you had just known, why didn't you help? Let, let me know, what can I do? We get bitter. We begin to sip from a cup of bitterness and aggravation, and we, well, God's not doing anything. The presence of the Lord is here this morning. The presence of the Lord is here. When the word of God is being spoken, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm telling you right now, when the word of God goes forth, power accompanies it. This morning, the power to save, the power to, to heal, the power to redeem, the power to do whatever needs to be done in your life, it is here today. She said, I'm not intoxicated. I'm not drinking wine or strong drink. My soul is hurting and I'm crying out to God. And when he realized what was going on, he didn't cast her out. The Bible said that he blessed her. Go in peace. Isn't it amazing how quick something can turn around? Somebody help me for about the next 10 minutes. Go in peace and let the God of Israel grant you what you've asked him. Somebody praise God. God is still wanting to get you pregnant. God is still wanting to conceive miracles in you in the course of time. Your days are not over. Your days aren't ended. Your days aren't, aren't oh, I'm just going to go off into the sunset. Oh, no. I speak over me and my family. I have the spirit of Caleb. You know who else has the spirit of Caleb? W.H., Falls off a ledge building this place, helping. Still here. At a funeral, breaks his, what'd you break, Daddy? Your leg, your ankle, your shoulder? I think it was his uvula. Like Barney said, I got a uvula, you got a uvula, all God children got a uvula. He gets knee replacement. They tell him he's going to have to have another surgery. And he comes, and then he doesn't have a surgery. People are praying. And my dad comes up here this morning. And he makes some announcements. Dad, I'm going to tell you, begin to speak over yourself. I got the spirit of Caleb. The Bible said Caleb had a different spirit. Pastor Jerry, he was 80 years old. And he said, I'll climb this mountain. It's mine. Brother Don, Pastor Philip, I have the spirit of, I'm not giving up, I'm not giving out, and I'm not giving over. I'm not going to let the enemy poke me and poke me and drive me to bitterness. It's easy to become bitter. It's easy to say, that church hurt me, that person hurt me, that somebody hurt It happens. And if you were my congregation, and I, I wouldn't dare tell you this, but I would tell my congregation, I'd say, hey, just get over it. Because in the scheme of things, life is too short and Jesus Christ is soon to return. And if we're bitterness, it causes bitterness and strife and envy and jealousy. And we begin to say, well, why should I even do it? The devil's just poking, 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 poking. Don't drink from that cup. Amen. In the midst of your intensity, you've got to remain intimate.
And in your intimacy, you'll see God do something awesome in your life. Amen? Amen. Last thing. Last thing in the course of time. What was she praying? What was she praying? Her mouth was moving. She was intense with heavy bitterness or, or, or brokenness. This was her prayer. I want you to listen to this, and I'm closing. Verse 11, if you will only remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. She began to pray a prayer of surrender. She prayed a prayer of surrender. When her husband didn't understand and the stepkids didn't understand, when Panetta was driving her to boundless limits of irritation and provoking her, she kept going back to God. God, if you'll just give me a son, I'll surrender and I'll give him back to you. The reason so many people don't receive from God, they won't, they won't, they think God is their cosmic sugar daddy. Gimme, 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 gimme. But until you surrender, not my will, but thy will be done. She said, I'll, I'm going to give a, it was a Nazarite vow. She said, God, if you give me this son, if you give me this son, I won't raise him traditionally, but I'll give him back to you. If you read on, the Bible says the very next day she became pregnant. It's amazing what God does when we surrender. When we line up with God's will, why didn't they make me the Sunday school superintendent? Why didn't they make me the Wednesday night teacher? Maybe that's not where God has you. Why can't I do this and why can't I do that? Maybe that's not the plan that God has for you. Maybe in the course of time. God's got a purpose and a place for every person in this building, for every child of the living God. When you surrender, could we, could we have some music? Or if y'all guys want to hum? Just, I'm okay with that. I'm easy. Plaid's my favorite color. My favorite number of the alphabet is blue. When you surrender, that's when everything changes. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons. 
Somebody shout three sons. And two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Now listen to this, and we're going to stand. In the course of time, when you think time is your foe, it is truly your friend with God. Sometimes what we surrender to the Lord in one season, he multiplies in the next. She surrendered Samuel to the Lord. The Bible records she had five more children. I think the mic went off again. <laughs> oh, it's... When you begin to surrender to God in one season, he'll do something for you supernaturally in another season. She couldn't have children. She was barren. But when she gave the one son that God gave her, God in another season gave her five more children that it's recorded. When we surrender God in this time, I'm surrendering my attitude, my mind, my family, my job, my finances. Everything that I've got, I'm surrendering to you, oh God. And when you surrender in the course of time, when you surrender, God says, I will help you and I will bless you. And I will minister to you in a powerful way. I want you to stand. I want you just to bow your heads for just one moment. And I'm going to ask you two questions. Number one. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, or maybe if you've gotten distant and cold and you want him to touch you in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come down here. But if you've got a need this morning, and you feel like you've been going through some anguish, and you feel like you've been going through some things that you just can't figure out, and maybe you've been waiting, maybe you've waited a long time, I have prayed specifically for this service. And I know that God directed me. This is not something that I pulled out. It's not something that I preached. My mother said, what are you going to preach? I said, Mom, I, I, I'm working on something that God gave me for today. So I'm just telling you, this is, we're at the right time, at the right place for the right people and you receive the message. So without hesitation, without waiting on anybody, if you want something from God, if you need something from God, if you just need to come and commune with the Lord, I want you to find the nearest aisle and I want you to come down here and just join me. Come on. You make all things new. You make all things new 
and I will follow you forward. You make all things new. You make all things new. And I will follow you forward. Come on, sing it, guys. Come on. Come on down. Come on, get close. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray with you. some prayer workers would you just come and gather around these people come on come and gather around them we're gonna, I'm going to pray we're going to pray with you God's doing it God right there in the name of Jesus